and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. Like, as good as Simons has been for a lot of this year, like, I think you can you can fill that in. You can give Shaden more minutes and trust that he's ready to make a give league. Jeremy can, more usage. Yeah, you can you can you can cover up for that more so that like if Nurk is healthy, as you know as inconsistent as he's been and as frustrating as he's been for a lot of the season, if you have Nurk on the floor for the rest of the season, pretty much, let's just say. I think there's, they have a pretty good chance of staying in the play-in, and if they are in the play-in, like we said, I think that just with Dame being the guy you would want in one of those games, I think they have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs. If Nurk misses extended time or isn't able to come back for whatever reason, they basically have no chance. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with that. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, Nurk's when he's on the floor, they're just a better team. They they are they 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 have more expected wins. They defend better. They defend way better, in fact. And their offense is really what struggles a little bit when Nurk is on the floor compared to what with Eubanks. Like Eubanks gets in there, the pace is going crazy. They're shooting more threes, and it's it's fun to watch. And Dame is going off with it, but it's harder for them to beat teams that way. Like, and it's like I mean, I think the Laker the Laker game is like a perfect example of like the best version of that team. It's like they shot like an insane amount from three. They took a bunch of them. They played with a fast pace and they won the game because they barely missed any shots. But like, that's not going to happen most nights and you need to do other things. And I think Nurk also Nurk when the game slows down is a major asset because if they get in the half court, they can run that pick and roll and he can set a massive screen and give Dame separation to get his shot off and game can ISO of course, but it just opens up so many more things when Nurk sets the screen, he's rolling the corner three guy could be open. Like it just, it, even though their offensive numbers are worse with Nurk on the court, like I still think in certain scenarios, it's just, it, it, it helps them function in a, in a more complete way. And I just think that's what they really need. They need Nurk back. And I think, that's that to me is the biggest thing right now because I think Dame is gonna just go keep going what he's doing what he's doing and he's done this in March before also where he just like helps them stack mm-hmm. up wins when a lot of teams shut it down a lot of teams are signing ten day contracts like I mean Utah I think is on the precipice of a big a big backslide well you saw what they did at the deadline they traded away Conley and Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley. Like yeah. they, they've traded away basically all their veterans. Now you can turn around then on the other side and say, well, they traded Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And then even to a lesser extent, Bojan, they traded away like a lot of their veterans over the off season and thought they were going to tank. And then they haven't like, what's to say that's going to not continue. Cause obviously Will Hardy is a really good coach and Markinen is playing at an all-star level. And Walker Kessler has been besides Paolo, maybe the best rookie this season. Like, yeah. like I, 
I, I, I'm not, I, I would agree with you. I think that if there was a team in that range that's going to take a huge step back, I think it's going to be Utah, but I'm also not ready to just like completely count I mean, they're, they're Yeah, they're, I mean, they, they had a really good bench mm-hmm. with Malik Beasley kind of leading the way for that. And like now they've lost that. Like, uh-huh. like I, I'm just, you know, like they still have to replace that with somebody. And it's just like, I think those little things do add up. And I also like, they were a different team with Conley. Like Con- when Conley played, like they were gonna, like most likely they were gonna win the game. You see and that like, with you see that with now. Look at how much better the Timberwolves have been in the week since they made that trade. You replaced D'Angelo Russell with Mike Conley, who a knows how to play with Rudy Gobert because he played with him for several years in Utah, and b like. He's just, is, a great, he's just, he's a, just a great, he's an underrated all-time point guard. Is an but, adult but, who knows how to run an offense. <laughs> like that's. Dude, I wish, I wish Memphis had gone for the homecoming though. I, I, I said this. I said <laughs> that would have been perfect. Post. I wish Memphis would have gone for the homecoming because that, that team needs an adult. Yeah. Which has been a thing that's been like talked about. Let me ask you this, like going, speaking of the trade deadline, I haven't had you on this program since the trade deadline. Putting aside the GP2 stuff, because, like, we've talked about that forever. I don't really feel like I'm over it. <laughs> getting into that again. But, like, overall, what did you think of the moves that they made? At the, since I haven't had you on since the deadline, what do you think of, you know, bringing in Cam Reddish? And I think I think the two relevant guys at the deadline, like, Kevin Knox hasn't played much. Archie Diakono, I think, is, like, an emergency point guard. But Cam Reddish and Matisse Thibel have both started every game since they've been on the team. I'm wondering just kind of your thoughts on bringing them in and what you thought of them so far. I mean, they're definitely the right size to play wing. Like, <laughs> yes. that, like, like Josh Hart was playing playing the wing at six five with not a great wingspan, and you know, and and, and Cam Reddish is six ten playing small forward now, and like that's 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 great. And uh-huh. I mean, I don't think Cam, I don't think both of them are going to start if Jeremy is back, but. Uh, you know what though i'm very interested to see what chauncey does for this time that simons is out i think there's a chance that they both start still tybal might slide over to the two and reddish starts at the three i think it's a little and they just start switching everything i guess so i kind of would like i would like personally i would like to see shaden get the start but honestly he's been he's been playing better he's put it together the last couple weeks he's looked like he's put some things together yeah, like it's not just like the wide open three that he's catching and shooting and making. Like, uh-huh. I mean, he is automatic when the ball gets swung to him, though, and he and he's open. Like that's cash. And but he's doing a lot more like in between driving, mm-hmm. you know, like using like using a closeout against the defense and just like getting to other shots and kind of diversifying his shot profile and. I've really enjoyed it. And I think, yeah, I, I think they should start him. And I think there's no, there's no reason not to like, like, like if it doesn't work, you can always go back to Tybal and, and go with him. But if they're going to miss Ant for two or three weeks, like someone's going to have to step up and do more than what they've been doing the whole season. And why not shade it? I keep thinking about the leap that Anthony Edwards made in the second half of his rookie season. He was awful at the beginning of the year, really up and down, and like kind of like Shaden, he had some spectacular plays where you're like, okay, I see why they took this guy number one overall. But it took him until really this post All Star break part for him to become consistent. This is, I mean, if there's an opportunity for Shaden to go from wow this guy has one amazing dunk every game but he you know is not consistent enough he has the defensive lapses 
this kind of, even before the ant injury, I felt like the trades that they made getting rid of Josh Hart and getting rid of Gary Payton cleared some runway for Shaden. And now with Ant being out, there's an opportunity for Shaden to really, you know, step in and take that. And I mean, look, he's, he is, he didn't play a college season, but, and I'm not making this comparison, but usually when guys are that guy, you see it early. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it would be tight for them to put Shaden out there. Like I'm thinking back to when Tatum was, you know, a rookie going against LeBron in the Eastern conference finals. Like, right. Like it's just, and similar also, thing that, re- that one was that the role that Tatum had in the minutes that Tatum had early on in his career was opened up by Gordon Hayward breaking his leg five minutes into the Celtic season. Right. Yeah. And then him, like all of a sudden he's getting the ball more, he's doing more, he's asked to do more. He has more responsibility. And I think, Shaden has the talent to take that responsibility on. And right now it's not the playoffs, but this is effectively a 24 game playoff now. Because like, they have to win every single one of these games in order to single... stay in the mix. They're playing, they're playing the Warriors. They've got, you know, teams on their schedule that they have to beat. Like and... I'm looking at their schedule right now. Sacramento, that's a team that's ahead of them in the standings. Houston, you should win that one. Golden State is a team that's in this mix with you. New Orleans in the mix with you. And then this six-game road trip. Atlanta, who just fired their coach and not very good, but that's a team that could beat you. They have talent on that roster. Yeah, Orlando so has Orlando has already beaten Portland once this season. Uh, they're good. De- Detroit, I, they're they a should, good bad team. They're my favorite bad team. I'm just going to extol them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I agree. Detroit they should beat, and then the other three games on the road trip are Boston and Philly, who are two contenders in the East, and then New Orleans again. And then you come home, and you've got the Knicks, the Celtics, and the Clippers. So, like, they ha- these are all games that, like, really the only two that are, like, you should say are, like, gimmies are the one against Houston and the one against Detroit. Other than that, like, you, th- these are this is kind of a tough schedule coming up. I agree. And also, let's talk about, because I think this gets lost a lot in the conversations about the Blazers and how they are and how bad they are or whatever. Right. Like, let's look at the other teams around them and let's let's consider their cases. Okay. I would like to start with, let's go with, we'll start at Phoenix. Okay. Phoenix is probably going to win a lot of games, but they are one injury away from being totally screwed. Do we know when Durant's going to actually play, by the way? We don't. Okay. I think he's supposed to play after the break, but we don't know exactly. Like, okay. and so their defense took a hit. Their perimeter defense took a hit. Can Kevin Durant at this stage in his career guard the best offensive player on the other team every night for 38, 37 minutes mm-hmm. and still be healthy? Like I I'm no, wouldn't be surprised if he has to take games off and, and, and stuff like that coming back from the injury. So they're as great as, the, as talented as they are. I would not say that they're just like going to run away with a top, four seed or five seed and just like walk into the playoffs because Mm -hmm. they lost some key pieces to what made their team, their team, even though their team was very mediocre this season. Mm -hmm. Um, But they played good defense. Uh, Dallas. I mean, (laughs) Kyrie, Kyrie, LeBron is already uh, romancing the stone over there, like trying to get Kyrie to come. Well, I said this, I said this at the beginning, like right when they traded for Kyrie, it's going to be like, remember, remember when the Nets first traded for Harden and there were those few games that they played when they had all three of them. And you're just like, oh my God, how is anybody going to be able to guard this? And then the whole thing fell apart for other reasons. I feel like there are going to be nights like that with Kyrie and Luka where 
they're unguardable and you're like, this team could win the title. And then just because of, you know, all the other stuff that comes with having Kyrie Irving on your team, plus having Jason Kidd as your head coach, plus like and Luka well, maybe and, being unhappy. Like, well, I don't know. And this is the basketball thing, bro. They lost Dorian Finney-Smith, who was like, they're perfect. He was the perfect Luka teammate. Mm-hmm. And like, they, like, I know that the Josh Green, like the Josh Green thing is like a huge thing, but like, I don't know, man. Like I trust, I, I trusted and Luka trusted Dorian Finney-Smith and I do feel like they're going to miss that a little bit because he was a big part of their identity. He didn't need the ball. Like, and so defensively what happens to the Mavericks with two dudes that, you know, are not like regarded as defensive players. And then like, like that, just the basketball thing alone, like how do they play together? Luca loves to play at the top of the key. It's not like with LeBron or KD where like KD plays at the elbow. LeBron will post up on the block and like, do his thing there. Like Luca operates from a big center space. And like, how does Kyrie adjust to that? Like they have not looked that great in the games that they've played together. So I have questions about Dallas long-term or like for the rest of this season, I don't, I do not put them automatically in the top six at all. So like, that's another team that could, they are 31 and 29. So they're two games, Portland's two games back, one game back in the loss column. And they tie. And they're the going to have the tie. They're going to probably have the tiebreaker because Dallas plays in a tougher division with Memphis and uh, New Orleans. Yeah, Portland conference record right now twenty and sixteen. So uh, right now Dallas is twenty three and sixteen. So they are better right now in conference, but they are probably going to have some tougher games down the stretch. But they're a team I could totally see this whole thing. I said it when the trade happened. I thought both teams got worse, and I still think that. I don't think Dallas got better. And so Kyrie, yes, but they didn't add anything. New Orleans, Zion is out for a longer period of time. Yeah, that's like changes their whole thing. And they had gone on like, I think they just snapped it like right before the All-Star break, but they went on like a nine-game losing streak Yeah, uh, very recently. So they're back in the muck with Portland. Minnesota, they're going to be better with Mike Conley. I think that they're going to make yeah. the playoffs. But Sacramento, I feel pretty solid about. Sacramento, I feel solid about. The Clippers, they've played great. But another team, a little bit like Phoenix, where one injury could kind of totally screw them up. Like, And, and, and you never know with Kawhi, like what's going to happen with him. And they're, those teams are all like very jumbled up with Portland. So I think if Portland can take care of their own business, I think the rest of the West will take care of itself is really the point I'm trying to get to. Here. I hear you. Like, yeah, is if they can show up in their own games, I think there's going to be a lot of movement uh, between the four seed and the 10 seed or 11 seed, right? Yeah. Just because of how close everyone is. And and, and I don't think those teams are that good. Well, we'll see. We're going to, you know, there's, they start their post all-star schedule tomorrow in Sacramento. And then they've got a couple games at home and then they go on the long road trip. And I think by the end of the long road trip, we'll know one way or the other how the season is going to go. If they keep holding water, then they've got a shot. If they completely crater on that road trip, then maybe we're talking about something else. But I think we'll know one way or the other about two weeks from now. So, Eric, we will... I would imagine we'll reconvene at some point in the next couple weeks before the... I haven't really figured out the full plan for the podcast post-All-Star. I'm still kind of getting my... Getting back on my feet after the last couple of weeks between the trade deadline and the trip to Utah and all this stuff. So we'll figure all that out 
but you'll you'll be back on soon. I, I'm yes. comfortable saying that. But uh, everybody else, as always, subscribe, rate, review, YouTube, all the usual stuff, rosegardenreport.com, subscribe. Uh, Eric, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Sean. Always a pleasure.